Greetings from sunny Birmingham and thank you for listening. My name is Edgars and this is Top Tips for and by Small Business Owners podcast. Podcast where small business owners sharing their top tips of success. And in today's episode, we will be taking a slightly different look on online marketing. Now, it is time for me to introduce my co-host and today for the first time, and I'm delighted to be accompanied by Tomasz Troszewski, partner at Menacing Media. Hello and warm welcome. Hey guys, thank you, Edgars. Happy New Year to everybody recording this at this time and I uh, hope you guys are all safe and well during uh, this uh, the uncertainty that's happening around us, but I'm very excited to be on the podcast. Thanks, Edgars. Well, thank you very much for uh, participating. And the first question uh, that I got for you, Menacing Media, why such a menacing title? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, it's a great question. So Menacing Media is, is comprised of, of three partners, myself, Casper and Tom, and we essentially cover different areas of online business. So myself, an expert in sort of design, infrastructure, marketing, Tom's very much a marketer, Casper is a developer. So you've got these three aspects, but the name actually came from essentially myself and Casper formed the company originally. And I've known Casper since we were children. And you can guess it when we were kids, we were right rascals. We were little menaces. We had, we were mischievous kids. We were doing pranks. And so it just felt right. We were two menaces who had taken our mischievous energy and our curiosity and, and turned it to good. So hence the name Menacing Media. And we thought it was, it was catchy. It's, it's fun. as it, it represents us well. And so hence the name came around, really. Well, thanks for sharing on that, because I've got this very interesting tendency, because uh, about two podcasts ago, if I can say so, uh, I had um, Ben from the Black Book Consulting. And it's like Black Book, goodness gracious, that's, that's a good one. Then last episode, I actually had a gentleman named Eight, and he got Sales Eight. And then, then we got the menacing media. So everyone is going really interesting titles uh, for the companies. And I think sometimes clients or the potential clients, can they be confused with such a titles? And that well, be- <laughs> There's several kind of schools of thought when you go around kind of going into branding. I mean, I've, I know somebody who's, who's their businesses generate leads online and it is literally straight to the point. And do you know what? Funnily enough, he does SEO marketing and he's, he's very good at what he does. There's, there's a number of ways. It depends on where and how you're reaching your audience. Now we tend to reach our audience through paid marketing. We do networking. So a lot of our kind of audience is bought around us, our story. And so the name is very representative of it. And I hope, and I've been told that it's quite a memorable name. It's quite unusual. People are like, oh, oh, menacing, you know, oh, what's going on here? So it's it's a story-based brand. And our, our, other, our other company, our online product, Launch to Six, it's exactly the same. We're helping people launch their online business to six figures. And it's got a very space type theme. And we can go into that in a, another podcast. But it very much, I'm a big believer in story-based uh, branding and having fun with a brand. So uh, there is an element of, of, of bringing that all together to create that name. But um, yeah, and I, I hope it makes sense. It's a bit more unusual as well. No, absolutely. And, and thanks for sharing that because... I think, you know, like uh, everyone is referring now to the Simon Sinek about start with why and what is your really? why behind it. So I think uh, we've got a very good representation on to why such a title, because there is a bigger story and people buy people. We know that. 
And Absolutely. I mean, it's a nice story. I actually didn't know about that. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, cool. Now, talking about today's uh, subject, why was it important to talk about it? Well, I think especially now, during the time, you know, we're, you know, we're recording this during COVID, it's a lot of traditional businesses who would have relied very heavily on traditional footfall, they're not getting that. They're, a lot of businesses are having to adapt very fast. And so, you know, trying to change that marketing strategy to move with the times is so crucial. And I think online is such a powerful way of doing that because you suddenly reach a far wider audience, a far more targeted audience. And so it just, it is that way to adapt and move forwards. I mean, you've probably, of course, you've heard the blockbuster Netflix analogy. It's that adapting with the times as you move forward. And I think online marketing is one of the most crucial ways in which you can do that. Okay, I'm with you. So that's nicely leads me to the first question, uh, which is, what are the most common mistakes you can see small business owners do when dealing with the online marketing? Yeah, so uh, it's a really good question. And a lot of it comes down to just the definition of general marketing. It doesn't necessarily respond to just online marketing. And this is defining what you're doing with your marketing. Why are you out there? Um, and now marketing splits into two very distinct segments, and that is brand marketing. So you'll see, um, you know, big companies that have billboards, they're just spreading awareness. And you then have direct response. And I think the biggest mistake that a lot of small business owners do is they just they, they tend to, in a very unmeasured fashion, just spray content out into social media, for example, someone says, Oh, you must post on Facebook. Oh, sure, I'll post on Facebook. And so they'll do that consistently for a month or so, not see any results, and then wonder why it's not why it's not happening. So there may not be a call to action, there's no action, there's no, no sort of draw from the user that, oh, that's a nice bit of content. What do I do? So it's very much about the tracking, the goal understanding the purpose of the marketing. Now, large companies can get away with having a budget that they can spend on general brand marketing. And you can't track it. It's a bit more difficult to track in general. Um, you know, like a billboard, how do you track how many people? You can do it roughly, you can't do it exactly. Online marketing, you can track that to a point. But it's, it's that split between the brand marketing and the direct response. And a lot of people don't tend to do so much within the direct response space. They, they don't draw a call to action. They don't drive. And for, for us, and we, we were doing this very recently for clients, we were recommending uh, an 80-20, a Pareto's law split between their, their direct response and their brand marketing. And most of the brand marketing was a, a little bit of social media to build credibility and build value. And then you had the direct response, which was the 80%. And that was far more driven towards a specific goal. So it might be into a specific funnel. So it might be the goal of the funnel is to essentially get the person to book a call with you. And it's far more easy to track as a response. Um, and then I suppose the other, other element of, of common mistakes is a lot of people don't follow up. And this is general, like, like you must know this from networking. People go networking, they get a collection of business cards, they don't follow up. The same applies to online marketing. So people will, you know, they'll, they'll go on LinkedIn, go, right, I've got to grow my LinkedIn network. This is my online marketing strategy. And they click, 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 and they build up this big following, but they don't actually follow up with people. They don't take action on that. 
they might go, right, okay, I'm going to collect the lead. So, okay, I'm going to collect an email address and a name. I've got the email address and their name. Okay, I'll have one conversation with them and that's it. There, you've got a lead in your world. Why are you not following up? We're, we're very proud of the fact we, we use certain CRM software. We, we recommend uh, Infusionsoft. Um, and that, that software will then help us follow up with people. We're, we're con constantly touching base with our audience. They're in your world. You've got an opportunity then to follow up. So I think that's another big, uh, big mistake that people make, really. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, a, a lot of the principles apply from general marketing that would apply actually into, into online marketing as much as anything. I think what you've said there about the CRM and, you know, uh, I think it's an absolute crime nowadays not to be aware of the CRM and actually not using it, especially when, uh, and I use that everywhere, you know, HubSpot, it's a free software that you know, allows you to do everything that you need to do in terms of mm. following up on the clients. And I think what you've said there, uh, it's people actually taking no uh, and they are automatically assuming that no means that we lost the deal. Uh, whenever mm. we're dealing with the clients, what I'm saying, no, that means no today, but that might not mean no in three months time. And, and the simplest thing um, is to actually say, okay, I understand that, you know, it's the wrong time. Is it okay if I'm going to call you in six months time? And I never came across anyone who would have said, no, don't call me in six months time. Well, unless you're completely not compatible, but how would if you've got the, the person details in the first place, if you wouldn't be compatible, they submitted it to you. So now if it's not the right time to make a decision now, anything can change in six months time. And you're gonna say, if I call you in six months time and the CRM will do the job for you because it's gonna remind you in six months time, you need to ring that mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And that's why gonna be a cold calling after six months time, because you probably already gathered some information about that person and you already said to them, well, Hans, I won't gonna see you. Merry Christmas, happy new year. And maybe that's gonna be your birthday in the next three, four months. So happy birthday, if anything, and mm -hmm. I speak to you in six months time. So that's simple trick. And uh, that allows the people not to think that this is a loss deal because once you touch base with the client, you don't really want to lose a connection. You know, you repeat the same thing six months, eight months, maybe once a year. And maybe next year they're going to say to you, well, you know what? You've been calling me over the last two years. I really would like to know uh, more because you guys are very consistent with what you do. So I only can imagine how you work in your business because there is not many sales professionals out there nowadays. Mm. It, no, it's, it's a really great point. And it's a common mistake by, and I've seen this in actually more established businesses, as I said before, where they might rely on footfall or repeat customers or they're companies that are say more, more in a consultative sales process. So we have a client there, they're a landscape architecture firm and they, for them, they have got essentially, they're, they're big ticket clients. It's a developer. It might be once every few years. And it's not the sort of thing where you can go, right, I'm going to place an ad and boom, they'll, they'll buy eventually. It, it doesn't work that way because it's when that individual has a site, well, they'll get in touch. So rather than taking the, the, the sort of blind, I'm going to just blast them with content, actually get them into your world 
understand what they need to help them and build mind space so that when they come to that point where they go, actually, I've got a site, I, I really want to speak to these people. This person is the first person they're going to speak to. And it's very much understanding how, how is your sales process? I mean, if you're B2C and you're you're selling smaller products, I don't know, car parts. I've just bought a, a part for my car this morning from an online retailer. Uh, Funnily enough, they, they email me. They email me. And, and so I'm always, they're the first people I go to because I'm aware of them. It's not necessarily because I like them more than the other person. It's just easy. I'm, as a, as a human being going through this world, there's so much stuff being thrown at you. Uh, Seth Godin used a great analogy. If you're going through, you know, driving down the road and there's just a cow, you're not really going to pay too much attention because it's just normal. And that's what everybody is. They're, 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 just, they're just cows. But if you see a purple cow, you're going to pay attention to that. And in, in, in some cases, that can be the simplest part of a follow-up, something being of value. Um, I, I, we, we did a podcast uh, with Launch to Six. Um, uh, I can't remember, it was a week or so ago. And I was saying to, to Tom about the fact that just the straight up follow-up. I was, I was looking at a gym. Oh God, I miss the gyms at the moment. Um, I was booking into the gym and I went for a tour around, around one gym and it was, I don't know, 120 a month. I went to another gym, which was 20 pound a month. And I was this close to joining the first one, which I went and viewed, but they never followed up. By the time they followed up, I joined the other gym. I was that close in my buying decision. If they'd followed up in the day and said, hey, well, what did you think? I probably would have gone, yeah, I'll sign up with you guys. That, uh, so, so obviously you've got to understand the sales process. Now, if you're in a B2B position, you know, and you've got a, a, I don't know, a developer client or whoever, they may not want to be pestered every day with emails. So you've got to, you've got to understand your audience. And I, I can't tell you exactly how your customer operates. You, you need to know that as, you, as a business. But... With understanding that, you can then tailor this follow-up. And that, that's, that's a huge thing. I, I know businesses that have got X million turnover and they don't even have an email follow-up. That blows my mind. You know, the, the, the money is in the upsell. This is why Burger King, every time you come around to the window, they go, do you want an extra fries or something with that? Value's in the upsell. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's so crucial. That follow-up, once they're in your world, follow-up up keep in touch as honestly that's so crucial now just before i move to the next question so we've been talking about you know the most common mistakes uh, of the um nowadays dealing with the online marketing there's another thing that i wanted just to briefly uh mention um do you think that because of the social media people actually lost the sense of what the marketing is because social media now is all over the place and whoever starts the business, they think the social media, that's is, uh, th this is the marketing. Now, uh, I used to say, well, guys, uh, just remember, I mean, like there is a marketing and there is the advertising and, and this is at least to know the difference between the two and not so many people actually knows the difference because, you know, um, YouTube um, teaches you how to do mainly the social media and not that many people actually looking on any you know, offline marketing thing. That is another thing. And I think because the social media is so powerful, that's what the people straight away think of the marketing. And whenever they mm. 
you know, talking anything to do with marketing, they immediately think one of the social media channels. And mm. would you agree or what would be your take on that? That actually because of the social media, it's sort of like created this um, dust in front of the people that are not realizing there's actually more things around there and they're just not considering it because they, they stack on the idea that the social media, that is the marketing. What's your mm. take? Well, it, social media is a very, very powerful tool, but each platform is different. Each audience is different. And it is, it's the way in which you t- use the tool. I mean, you guys at the end, I'll say link up with me on LinkedIn and, and, and uh, Facebook. I actually don't post on my personal social media. I don't really use it. I hate using personally social media because for me, I, if you think about it, my, the people who I've got connected on Facebook, I have friends and family. Okay, I might post occasionally. I might wish someone happy birthday, but I prefer to use a more direct tool. And at the moment where we are, when we're rec- at the time recording this, we are focusing on pushing our online product, Launch to Six. And we are doing very targeted paid ad campaigns because that's what we understand. That's what we're capable of building fast and testing fast. So it, it certainly is not a be-all end-all. It's a fantastic way to engage with followers. And you can see people who have done extremely well with it. I mean, you know, uh, YouTube, I, I think like Casey Neistat, uh, I think it was getting two or three million views a video. And he he's, I mean an amazing marketer in his own right in the way he puts his content, great creator, but also quite a business person. He is an affiliate marketer. So he has, you'll, you'll notice guys, um, we, we talk about this. If you notice at the bottom of his videos, he has got the common questions that people ask him. Oh, where'd you get your camera from? Where'd you get your tripod from? Where'd you get, he just has Amazon links to that and he gets paid for those. And so my point being with social media being Bill and Endel, I think it's, it's very, I think it's very, very narrow-minded to think that is the way I'm going to market because there are so many other platforms to understand. Now, if that's purely, you say, right, I'm going to do content marketing. Now, I've got a friend of mine who does content marketing and it's very powerful, but understand the goal of your content. Make sure it is correct. Don't start sending photos of your dinner because if you are, for example, I don't know, you know, i property investment development business that I have. I, I know a lot of people who, who market on social media. On that particular, who are they marketing to? They're probably marketing to investors because they want to raise money. So for them, it's okay. Generally with that type of transaction, it's very personal. So they want to get to know you as a person. So people are sharing family, what's important to them. Maybe it's cars. But then the other side of that is they're showing their projects, specific things that are valuable to that investor, to them, when they make a decision, I'm, I've, I don't know, they, they've come into some money or whatever, they've got some money they want to place. Do you know what? I've built a relationship with that person. They've kept in touch. I've seen what they've been doing on social media. They've been to these events. They've read this book. They've done this project. Uh, I love their family. There's, you know, their kids are great. I've connected. Very personal. And so that's where that content is tailored. If you are, for example, uh, a knitting company, again, why would you share pictures of your dinner? You share pictures of what your followers want. Are you showing them how to knit or are you sharing your, your knitting products? So it, I think 
social media is very powerful because it is you can get amazing organic reach. Yes, certain platforms there are nuances like LinkedIn, you'll get a better organic reach versus Facebook. Facebook are encouraging you to spend money on ads, whatever that is. But that content needs to be tailored. It really needs to be tailored for your audience. And that I think is a big mistake with a lot of people is they they go off go off track with what they what they're sharing at one moment they're at an event at one moment they're in front of this and the next moment they're just sharing something i'm on holiday great well are you on holiday are you learning something so it's it, it it's about tailoring that and speaking to the audience that you're trying to reach so and social media might be the way you want to do that and i've seen people do that amazingly i, I don't even need to say it there are so many successful people through social media but it's about tailoring and understand the platform, the nuances. So, you know, Facebook pages, you won't get as much reach, whereas Facebook groups, there's a lot more reach. So understand the platform that you're utilizing and if it suits that audience. So, yeah, I could go on. <laughs> With you. No, thank you very much for um, making this clarification. Now, hmm. what are the main reasons why small business owners do not spend enough time and effort in online marketing? So... Most business owners, generally, they are experts in servicing their customers. And in many cases, they don't fully understand online marketing or the people who aren't successful fully on online marketing don't understand it. And therefore, human nature, we fear what we don't understand. And in another element as well, I've, I've seen this with some of, the, some of our business owners. They're, they're not very comfortable technically. They're not tech savvy. And so they're entering a world that is, for them, they, they find it completely baffling. And, and for us as an agency, um, we tend to essentially just take it all away from them. And we say, we're just going to do this. These are the goals. And we, we just take the whole thing away um, and look after it for them um, as a done for you service. But with, with many business owners, it's, it's that fear of, of, not understanding it's that fear of oh i'm spending i'm spending 10 pound on an ad and nothing's happening um there there's a lot of what makes us work is we have we have fun with the marketing we like to test we test constantly we test small and then we we, we grow from there and a lot of a lot of business people they don't they don't see that and that's and understandably they're not marketers so there's there's a bit of a difference um another element is creating a link between the traditional business and an online marketing campaign. So if you are an, a really traditional business, you're a shoe shop, for example, on the high street, you rely on infant trade, and that's what you've done for 40 years. Sometimes making the leap to an online campaign can be quite daunting, or it can be difficult to understand actually how, what's my goal with this? How do I do it beyond you know, taking photos of shoes on Instagram, which in some cases might be enough to raise an awareness, but it's, it's that link between traditional to online. And, and in, in most people don't, don't understand in, in many cases, it's simpler than a lot of people think. And at the end of the day, sometimes the goal can be exactly the same as if it were you normally, you just want to get a phone call from a prospect and that can be the simple goal of a funnel. So that would be my, yeah, that'd be my response to your question. So possibly there is a there is a link between the education or self education and the habit, and possibly another link is to how you used to 
operate the business mm-hmm. uh, and how that is having actually the impact on, on your decision making. Mm. So, yeah, it because and this is where I I sometimes tell Casper off because Casper, like as I mentioned, he's our tech lead, and Casper is a full stack web developer. So for him, it's code. It's this function is doing this, firing off this trigger, and this link kicks in. And before you know it, someone sat there and they're like, what's going on? It's very easy to speak in a different language in jargon. And it's the same. I mean, you have the same with wealth management, with stockbrokering. The principles are fairly simple, but they're, they're shrouded behind these layers of jargon and languages and you know at one point someone's talking about css python all of these different words and and somebody who say is in i don't know the care sector and they've just got a business that where they put carers into people so they're sitting there going how does this get me more staff so so i think this is the the the, the big issue is that the understanding and in some cases that is where having a good agency to work with maybe getting a mentor so at least you can have the conversation. So um, for me, my original background, I studied industrial design technology. And the biggest thing I took away from my studies was the fact that as an industrial design technology, my, my course was very broad. And I remember this, I, it was very broad. I did electrical engineering, I did drawing, but it wasn't because I was to become an expert in each field. It was so that I could have a conversation with these different people. And so, being able to have the conversation with a developer. Do you even need a full stack developer for what you're doing? Or can you get a WordPress site, but which would be a lot cheaper? Maybe you don't need that level of functionality. Um, I, I mean, I work very hard to bring our clients on and Casper's very brutally honest. And we sat in front of a client and the client goes, oh, do, do I need an app? Uh, they're a restaurant. I said, yeah, you can have an app. It would be great. You know, you could have it. And Casper just said, yeah, you don't really need an app to be honest. Um, so... <laughs> It is about understanding the level of functionality. And the other big thing that I I strongly believe in is that, and it's very easy to do this, is that the the process should come first in your business, then the system, then the technology. And this is the biggest mistakes that people make when they when they enter the world of, you know, not even online marketing, this is just taking your business into, into, into a technology, you know, maybe going paperless or whatever it is. They, they go, oh, I'm going to have this system and this system and this system, and I'm going to pay X per month for this and X per month for this. And they don't, it's overkill. They don't need it. When you actually go back to what they're trying to do, it's literally a one or two step process. And you could say, well, actually, you could just do that with spreadsheets. You don't need this fancy system that this person sold you. And as a result, their business then streamlines and it operates because their whole staff aren't having the learning curve of going through some overkill of a system. So our our mantra at Medicine Media is simplicity in chaos. And it is about finding that simplicity. What's the simplest way? So we go, right, what's the goal? How do we, can we strip this back? Can we strip this back? Can we strip this back? You go, okay, right, bang, 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 simple. And that is, I find that so crucial. And that, again, this is why a lot of people are daunted by it because they see adverts, people market, they market very well. Uh, you should go use this system. You should go use this system. You're feeling overwhelmed. They're like, where do I go? They're overwhelmed. They're busy people. And so very often it, it's sometimes it's about stepping and going, right, 
there's there's some simpler ways of doing this and you don't need to have all of these different platforms flying around all over the place well thank you very much for that now i think we've already touched base a little bit uh, on, on that and next question nicely um falls into the whole conversation is actually how to assess or evaluate uh, your current online marketing level and it was quite a difficult to uh, structure this question because um, the question is is there anything uh, that can actually um, sort of given a, a framework or a guidance that you're saying well you know what looking on that I only comply 20 percent and mm. then you're gonna you will see the gap where to grow and what to do. Because I mm. think it's very hard for the um, solopreneurs if they are not marketers to actually identify the gap for the potential grow or for the potential improvement. So everybody's saying, okay, well, you got, you got more budget, it's gonna mm. improve. But yes, the more budget is the bigger coverage or higher volume, but it's not necessary that you're not missing out on some other things. So what is your take? So, I suppose if we go back to what is the purpose of marketing, it's to generate you leads and essentially sales. Now, I'll answer in, in, in a couple of parts. One, if you are marketing, the first question to ask, are you actually making money out of it? Is it profitable? And what, by that, I mean, in terms of resource, and this can, be, this can apply to your content marketing as well. So... Are you dropping a pound in at one end and are you getting two or three out the other end? Pretty simply. And this also applies to content marketing. A lot of you guys who are listening, you might not have paid marketing campaigns and it might be that you're doing. So how long are you spending on your social media content? How much are you worth per hour or whoever's doing it? And then are you getting a return on that? So that is a first level. If you're not marketing, then start to look at, as I mentioned before, the, the goals of the marketing. Like, what, what is it that you're trying to achieve? So structure that in a way. Um, you need to look at the element of your controls, your KPIs. And I know we've, we've got a question about this. So I won't go too deeply into it. But actually understand the different steps of your marketing and how that relates to your marketing funnel. So the funnel, your sales funnel, as you know, You've got your awareness level. A lot of people sit in the awareness level. They're buzzing around, creating all this, and they sit in this awareness. They don't actually create any leads. Those leads don't become prospects, and they don't become sales. Or if it does, it's in a very uncontrolled fashion. So it'll be, oh, I'm posting, I'm posting, I'm posting 10 times a day. I'm posting, I'm posting. Bang, someone's contacted me. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Can we have a call? Can we have a call? And over... You know, one month you might have three of those, over one month you might have 10, and then on the month that you have 10, one of those might be a sale. So do you feel as though you have control over that? Do you know how much you're spending or how much resource you're putting in at one end? And do you know how much you're getting out the other end? That is literally, the, without going into really technical layering of things, um, are, are you making money, basically? And if you're not, then why? And can you tell why? At which level are you losing your money? So that's, yeah, that's how, how I would how I would, how I'd answer your question without rambling too long. The question there is that, you know, majority of the business owners, uh, they're good in counting, um, but they're not very good at measuring. Yeah. Because 
you know, when you're talking about the social media, yes, we can we can we can count number of leads, but nine times out of ten, you you launching the campaign and the leads are not coming, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you are in the position saying, well, it's not working, mm-hmm. and then you cannot actually even justify what is not working because whenever you start building something. Uh, you're not testing anything. And that's where the A-B testing, our favorite A-B testing comes into play. And I just recently, last week, had an example with one of my clients. They launched two campaigns and basically promoting the same thing, but using completely two different texts and completely two different set of pictures and the completely two different calls for actions. And then one actually had a uh, lower reach, but they had a, a one or two leads there. The other one had much higher um, reach, but didn't have any leads. So automatically he assumes the one that's actually had two leads, they think that this is a better performing campaign. And I mean, we all know, and, and I don't like to, you know, sort of bring it in this slide, but there are bots working for uh, any social medias because my question is, okay, you've got two leads. The question is from these two leads, have you actually reached to any of those people either via email or the phone and you managed to get somebody at the other end? Yes, and yes. If you <laughs> and if you haven't, you can't really consider that as a lead, even though it's, it says like two numbers on your lead uh, dashboard. Sure. But looking on the same two campaigns one had like i think about one and a half thousand uh, higher reach than the other mm. and i'm saying well now answer me the question and that leads me you know back to the same thing that you know we're good with uh, quantifying things but we're not really good with the uh, with measuring the stuff so i think can you tell me why that yeah so <laughs> I... and the person even didn't realize that that campaign had a higher reach and i'm saying well don't you actually want to i mean like what you've been testing with these two things are you testing the visuals which one works better are you testing the text that you actually see what converts better and the person like said oh hang on a minute i'm actually not sure so we like doing something for sake of doing something because everybody else is doing something and we're doing it to the best of our ability and hoping for the best with the fingers crossed listen just use the same text with two different set of pictures. At least you're going to know that there's only one variable. And once you figure out, okay, these pictures works better, then jump on the text, make the same ad with the same pictures, but two different set of the text and then see what's going to happen next. Mm. And that's how you build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn. Yeah. So I, from what from what you'd say, I won't repeat it, but reiterate that the element of what you're saying is spot on. So there are two merry variables, just pure and simple. Um, we we I suppose we mark we say we make websites that make money. There are very big differences between websites, and from from most people when they say, "Oh, I've got a website; it's not converting," and in many cases, from what you're describing we're talking about a funnel, a landing page. And it's very different to a main website. And the point I'm getting at with this is the fact that one, the variables, two, when it comes to lead count, it's actually where 
where are you capturing those leads? And this is one of the reasons why social media are very mixed views around. Yes, it's a good way of doing it. But one, as you say, unless you have software to track the, which, which we do, unless you have software to track what's going on with each post, you're not one. Well, you can go through it manually, which is extremely time consuming. Uh, there is an element of stats within Facebook you use, but it's, it could be better um, because, well, at the end of the day, Facebook is designed to get you to spend money on ads. That's what it's designed. So that, that's where you're going to get the most support. The other element is, as you said rightly, with the leads, you need a few leads, but you need to take them off the traffic platform. You need to take them into your world. So there needs to be some form of opt-in whereby you can collect that data. And there needs to be a compelling enough uh, whether it be copy or, or whether it be an image, an offer, a lead magnet, a giveaway to then essentially convert that person into a lead that's in your list, that's in your world, then you can begin to test. And to be honest, Tom is someone who in, in our team who does all, all of our copy. The copy is very strong in that one. He, he does all of that stuff and he, he puts that together. But again, they are very dirty, very simple, quick pages. We have our main brand sites. Yeah, they're there. And they have opt-ins, but where we drive our traffic is to specific landing pages, specific messaging with a specific giveaway. It might be one of ours, for example, is a free three-hour webinar. Opt-in, you go to the webinar. Uh, we've got one that's going to a live webinar, which is in the process of building. I've seen them where they book giveaways. You've probably seen all these, but they're very specific. They're very clean. They're very simple. There's no fat on it because you want a person to land and travel down. And then if you're using a right piece of software, for example, ClickFunnels will help you do this. There's, there's a number of platforms that will use. Google Analytics will help you do this. You'll see somebody travel through the page, where they've come from, what they're doing. And this is where building out uh, a good form of KPI structure as per the funnel. So um, I've got it written here. Funnelytics is one, one of the platforms that we've utilized as is Databox. Um, these platforms are huge for doing that. And you can then tie everything together and you can have one place to go, right, I've put X out here. I've got so many leads and they've cost me 1,000 for 100 leads. They've come through. At this point, um, I've lost a few of them. At this point, I've lost a few of them. At this point, I've got some sales. And then you've got your conversion. You can say, ah, what am I doing here? Can I tweak this? Can I tweak this? Can I tweak this? Because otherwise, as you say, you're 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 you know you're dancing in the dark so to speak you're, you're you don't know where you're going with uh, with your marketing with with the example you gave with his a b test it, it sounded it sounds like there's a bit too much being changed as you said with the variables and that's that's spot on it needs to be a lot simpler and big thing as i'll say later is modeling looking at who's successful in your market and it doesn't need to you don't need to overcomplicate. you don't need to reinvent the wheel here I wish everybody would think that way, but the, and that's that's another thing that you know everybody is trying to be creative in their own ways because they think that's what is required. And sometimes, you know, a simple example of creating a post, and I mentioned this in the past already, that you know people trying to put the creative and the copy at the same time, and then it all comes like a, a, a huge thing because people don't understand how you can constantly produce the same thing. And you know, the mm -hmm. simplest ideas were that create your creative separately of the mm. copy. So, you know, now you do creative, then you do the copy and then you merge the two together. Yeah. But this is, this is again, where your, your, your client there, he's done, he's done too little. 
He's done two tests and he's had one or two leads. You need to be running 10 tests. You need to be running more tests and you can go, right, okay, now I'm going to start coming in. And now I'm going to start tightening up. You need to have that. Um, we, we, we teach, we follow the double diamond design technique, uh, design model of thinking. And the first part of that diamond is to blow it up. And you've got to go out and wide test. And you'll get your impressions. Some of them might not even generate leads. Go, this had so many impressions. This had so many people click. Okay, I'm going to go with that. Then I'm going next. Next up, it's a very iterative process, test and measure. But as I say, you can shortcut that by looking at what others are doing successfully in your space. Now the question is, if you're starting from the beginning, mm. do all of this testing. How much of a budget we're we talking about? So it depends on your platform. So I would say that Facebook, you can start with, you know, a hundred or so a day. I mean, we were starting, I think Tom was testing at $20 a day uh, on that particular platform. Um, other platforms are a little bit more. YouTube uses a little bit more, uh, but YouTube also has a really nice benefit in the fact, it, it, I mean, I'm sure you guys in the audience, you've watched YouTube uh, and you've seen an ad pop up. Now, YouTube's very clever in the way that, well, it's a gift for a marketer because one, there's less people marketing on there, but two, the first 30 seconds of your ad, if someone clicks off that and you click skip immediately, you won't pay for that ad. So you're actually getting free impressions and brand marketing for free, but this is why you need to have a good copy and a good script for your video. So you can qualify your audience very quickly because it will spend faster. So it varies on the platform and this will change. So I'd recommend going to have a look. And again, it's about testing measuring, but equally this is about getting educated about the different, different spaces, different platforms. We primarily use Facebook ads, this is Tom's domain. Um, and as I say, testing was quite minimal to start off with. And then that grows and grows and grows until you're at a point where you're spending thousand plus, et cetera, a day uh, and you're scaling up. So now you're set. Uh, we're talking about 100 pounds per day. So that's about 3K per month just on one mm -hmm. uh, media. And you probably would expect at least two to three months, which leads you nicely to about 10K tag mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just to do the testing. Sure. What the people that starting the businesses, they don't have even probably 3K sitting there just to spend on testing. Sure. So my... My initial point to you there is that your testing should not take three months. So, okay. So launch to six is a product we launched. We started testing in, I think it was, let me think. We started just end of November. Now we built out that basic funnel. We had a hypothesis that we had this form of product. And bear in mind, we had the rough schedule of the product. We hadn't actually built out the product. In fact, we're still building it out. We're keeping it fresh. We sold a product on our front end within the first, I think it was three weeks. And we were testing, we were testing. And I think at that point, the goal is to break even on that, on that spend. And then it's, it's about the upsell later down the line. Now I'm talking about specifically when it comes to online products, there is a slight difference depending on your process, depending on your business. So this is something I'm gonna really caveat because this is so dependent. You need to test and measure this. Um, so another element to consider, are you a B2C? Have you got smaller price point of your product? So you need to understand how much is my average customer worth and how much am I going to be happy to spend to acquire them as a customer? 
And at which point will I then make that spend back? And this is where that testing does happen. And that need, I would say you need probably about a month, but it goes, again, it, it, it goes with the fact that you can get almost an instantaneous response. A day or two, a day or three, you can test. And so it's, especially with paid marketing, put it this way, you, you can't get that form of response from other forms of marketing. Hell, if you look at it in terms of investment, I mean, I look at a house and I go, right, okay, I'm going to put money in at this point. I'm going to get money out at six, seven, eight, a year down the line, if not more. With this, it can be, if you get your funnel right and you, you test it, it can be within a few days. We turn around, we'll get our, our money back in two weeks. It's a, it's a fascinating model. Um, but yeah, I, testing, it needs to be short, sharp. It needs to be small spend. And the ultimate goal is getting the lead, getting that first sale. And so you need to have your offer ready. That's a really big thing. A lot of people are like, oh, test the ad. Have an offer in place. Test the offer. You need to test the different phases of it. And you need to have the other, the other element to consider is that the big goal of this is to acquire the leads. You want to build your email database. You need to build that. So even if you're not making money on your front end, and think about this, a lot of larger companies, they will spend, they will go nine plus months in the red to acquire a customer and then make their money back. Now, as a small company, as a small business, I would not recommend you do that because you know you operate in a different way. But ultimately, you've got that database. You've got qualified leads. So if you don't get them on the first round where you've got them in your database as a lead, you're, you're adding value to them week on week, and you go, boom, you know, I, I'm a consultant. Boom, guys, we've got, a, we've got a space. Do you know what? We're offering free 30-minute calls. Bang. You've, you've then got them. You've got rapport, and you then look to sell a high-ticket item and recoup your original marketing cost. Now, if it's smaller items, it's a slightly different model, but ultimately that's, that's, that would be the principles to consider, but definitely start small with your, with your testing. Thanks for that. Now, let's talk about the KPIs, as you already said. So key performance indicators and what are the most commonly used KPIs in online marketing? So probably going to be some of the things that people never heard of. Well, <laughs> is going to say as everything that we already know. So off you go. So... It very much depends on the funnel you're using. So the, the, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. The key thing is leads and deals. You know, How many leads are you acquiring at what cost? And then at the end of your funnel, how much money are you making? But it's then looking at the steps along the way. What is the nature of your funnel? Is it, as I imagine for a lot of, a lot of you guys listening, if you are a more traditionally based business, it might be I want to call. So there's also an element to consider there is what's the conversion rate of the salesperson on the phone. That salesperson might be you. What's your conversion rate? So it's equivalent to each step along the way. So it might be, you know, it might be cost per click. It might be cost per lead. It might be uh, conversion. For example, if you're running a, a webinar, um, it might be at which point do you get drop off rate? What's your length of watch on your, on your webinar? Um, What's the conversion on the webinar? Generally, I would say it's the percentiles of people that click through. So I wouldn't, in certain regards, I wouldn't go into too much of specific jargon of click rate, cost per click. I would go through stages. Think of it in terms of your funnel, your sales funnel. I go back to that, that, that upside down triangle, the awareness, the leads, the prospects, the sales. And 
just look at your funnel and go, right, how many steps is that to that point? And what are the percentages that trickle down through that? And that is, that is how I would think about it. And, you know, if there is some, if, if, if you are bringing someone on to manage that and they do talk in jargon, just say, cool, but put it in an order that I understand and it clicks through to those stages. And that, that is how I would look to, to best advise somebody who's coming into this space um, for the first time to look at KPIs. They are really important, but the more important is how relevant they are to the stage of process that you, you understand. Thanks for that. Now, we did have a question about the, uh, how long does it take to start seeing the results, but you already kind of touched based on that, that, you know, mm. in my perception, this was three months, uh, kind of three months, because I'm looking more from the angles of the solopreneurs that's never done this before. And if they're learning it by themselves, it's only going to be three weeks for them because it will be, they will need a time to even uh, get around of what they need to test and how they need to test and what to look for and how to measure it. So that's where I was looking more of the, you know, at least two months so you can actually compare how one month looks to another. And then probably the third one to see if there is a tendency that backs up the month number one or the backs up the month number two. And maybe it's going to be a completely different set of data. And you're going to say, well, which one do I trust? Because there's three different sets mm, mm, and what's the reason behind there. Um, so uh, let me just jump into the next question. So, and this is, I think by far more, more interesting question is if you don't see the results. And I mean, like you've said, you know, if, if it's done right within two days or a week or maximum of two weeks, you will certainly see some sort of results. But if you don't see the results, how can you know that what you're doing is right and it's only the matter of time before something starts working and starts bringing you the results. So where yeah. how to find that certainty? So one element is in your own space, are you collecting leads? So even if you're not getting sales, you're building up a list to market to. And what cost is that? So it depends on your industry, but there might be some norms. You know, is it $5 a lead? You know, what, what, are, the, what are the lead costs? I would then start to say, right, okay, do I need to talk to an expert? Do I need to have a mentor? Do I need to talk to an agency? I would say education is really the big part of it because this ultimately isn't a, a wholly difficult process, but there are nuances to getting it really right and getting it profitable. I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. I make no bones about it. So at which point do you say, right, we're going to test this and you know, we want to have a go at this and see how it goes. Uh, but bear in mind that it's you need to be able to look at it as an investment in your list in your in your marketing and then to say right at which point do i say well you know okay i need to i need to chat to someone outside who's a bit more of an expert on that, on, on this so it's a different one, it, it's a difficult one to answer if i'm honest it's about your appetite for for exploring i mean if you guys are making a a profit every month yeah, you might say, right, okay, we're going to allocate a percentile to R&D. And R&D is testing your marketing campaigns. But a big part of this, I would say, is getting educated to what you're doing first, if you're going to do it yourself, or even if you're going to hand that off to a, a, an agency. Because it is, it is a world that there's, you know, there's a lot of jargon behind certain things. And it can, you know, someone, I've, I've seen people trying to, you know, sell things out, which really doesn't have that value. So, um, yeah, 
I, I hope that answers your question. I, I know it's, it's probably not the best answer of today. That about is a difficult question. I know that. It that is, yeah. There. Uh, and, you know, like, um, while you've been answering, I said, okay, let, just, let me just uh, tackle it from a different angle. So mm. let's imagine if we got a limited budget. So then what would be the choice? Would be the choice to actually have a higher paid campaign for the, for the shorter period or lower paid campaign, but for the longer period? What would you choose? Neither. Start small always start small and start to look at the results. So like I say, $10, $20 a day ad spend. And you're looking at, like I say, are you getting impressions? Are you getting results? Are you getting leads? So the first goal is to say, right. And like I said before, have that impression, have that funnel laid out. So I've got, you know, a lander, it's an opt-in and it's just getting them to come to a call. It's maybe it's a lander, uh, to a, a lead magnet, they get a free cheat sheet. They then drop into my email funnel. They get two weeks worth of emails to warm them up. And then we send them five days worth of emails trying to get them to book a call. That's a funnel. That's a, that's a viable uh, funnel. And you have maybe uh, a calendar link at the front end. So if they're really keen, then come just straight on or at the end of the, the series of the campaign and they can come and join. Or you sell throughout the entire email series along with value. But you always start at that front end. Start at the front end. You test. You go, right, what's, what's the impressions? What's the leads? Okay, I'm going to choose this creative and this ad. Okay, we're going to bring that across. Split test. Right, okay. They're hitting, they're hitting this opt-in, but no one's coming through this opt-in. Why is this opt-in not converting? Right, let's, let's, let's maybe change up the lead magnet. Let's, let's, let's adapt it. Are they coming through technically? Is the system working? Have you tested it? So it's, it's, again, it's another plumbed-in system to your business, much as you would look at any other form of operation within your business, is that test and measure approach. But if you're doing this for the first time, and for example, you had two campaigns, none of them brings you the leads. Mm. How do you know what needs changing? And where can you get the certainty that actually it's, it might be the budget, mm. that you're not getting the reach? Mm. Or it might be the process because your landing page is just not, you know, giving anyone a trust that they actually want to give it a try. So mm. when you're starting, where do you find out what is not working and how to fix that? So I would be looking to get educated, get educated, get, get perhaps get an agency in like ourselves, someone else. But at that point, if, if you've sort of, you've had a go, uh, and it's not clicking for you. You're sort of like, okay, because a lot of these platforms, they want you to succeed. So that there is, there is a, a fairly, you can sort of see what's going on within the process, whatever platform you're using, whether it's Facebook, Ads, LinkedIn, all of these ad platforms. And there's a lot of videos online, how to use these platforms, but it's, it's down to the nuance based on your business. And there needs to be a bit of a budget to work with. So there, you know, I mean, if, if you're going to, I say start small, think big, but if you're going to go three months down the line, you've had your first few sales and you're sticking at a hundred dollar a day spend. It's probably not worth it. You want to be able to scale up and move scaling. So a couple of elements there. So yeah, I'd say get educated, either get a mentor or, or speak to an agency about this. It's something you want to outsource or you want to do yourself. One of the two. Have a look online, look at what, what people are doing in terms of the space, you know, there is a lot of content online about this stuff. There's a lot of content online. So have a look around. If, if, you're, if you're invested in doing this for yourself as a solopreneur, 
get educated, whether it be initially for the free, and then I would definitely look at investing in that because as, as you said before, you know, you go three months down the line, you, you could have ended up spending 10 grand with no results. Whereas you could spend a couple and then maybe invested in, in, in learning and had those results a bit quicker or in a bit of a guided way that's tailored to your business. So, yeah. Let me ask you a last question before we move to the top tip section is, yeah. would there be, because there are some owners that actually uh, trying to convince uh, me and the others that their product or their service, the potential clients are not shopping on the social media. Mm. Uh, would you agree? Would that be the products or services that are not for selling on the uh, social media? And if so, what they are? That's so a very interesting question. Um, I would... <laughs> I would argue that regardless of anything that you're doing, there is an element that you could reach to your customer online. Now, okay, if you are, I don't know, selling shovels specifically to a, a tribe in the forest who do not go online and that is your market, then okay, there's likely that the best way to go in is go in as a shovel salesman and sell to them door to door. But if, right, okay, if your customer is online, regardless if the service or product is an, an offline-based product, because, I mean, what's Amazon? I mean, majoritively, okay, apart from certain services, but a lot of their stuff is, is physical products. So if, if the customer has a space online, and bear in mind that may not be a certain social media platform. It might be a specific blog that they all go to. It might be... I don't know, it might be a, a website of a helpline for, for all I know, if that's a specific you know, uh, solution that you're offering. If that customer appears and goes online, there is a way of reaching them online. So that might be a Google app, that might be some other form of marketing, it might be podcasting. You know, they, they might, might do nothing but listen to, listen to podcasts. That's the primary audience. But ultimately it's down to reaching that customer and getting that connection with the business. If the product or service is offline, so be it. But you can still have the conversation as per result of a, uh, a form of funnel that is based online. So as I say, unless you're in that extreme example of the tribe in the Amazon rainforest who don't, don't touch the internet, uh, and I'm sure they do, um, then I, I believe there's, there is a space there for you to reach your customers, serve your customers in some way or another. I think it's very nice. It's encapsulating the whole thing. So if you're, if you can imagine for a moment that your potential client can be online, that is a, that means that you can reach to him or her. And I agree with that. Is there anything else you would like to add before we move to the uh, top tips part? Um, yeah. I mean, we've, we've spoken in really good general terms throughout the podcast. I've really enjoyed the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you Ed, for having me. Um, we, we go really nitty gritty in our launch to six podcast and it's, it's aimed at people who are just getting started with online marketing. I think we're on episode 35 now. We, we, we release a podcast every working day of the week. Um, so if you want stuff that's more nitty gritty, check out the launch to six podcast. Um, and hopefully there might be something there of, of value, um, really. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a real pleasure, really. And thank you very much.
Okie dokie. Now, let's jump on top tips. So creme de la creme. Top tips <laughs> to do. One, two or more if you feel so. <laughs> what to do? So I I suppose this is encapsulating more so of what I've rather than anything really individual. I think first, research your market. How how do does your customer buy online? Do they buy online? So as we were saying just a moment ago, are they online at all? And how do they buy? So understand that process. Is it a snap buying decision? So could it be an upsell on something? Is it a consultative sales process? It's a longer process, like I mentioned with our, our landscape architect uh, consultant. So understanding that and, and what platforms are they hanging out on? So, you know, if, if you're an accountancy, you're probably not going to be marketing on Instagram. It's not, I love my accountant, but I can't see him being visually stimulating on Instagram, nor can I see many of his clients being between 18 and 25 on Instagram or TikTok. So just bear that in mind. And some of it is quite, a lot of this is very common sense. You can test it, but a lot of it is very common sense. So just bear that in mind. Um, point two, set a very clear objective for your campaign, whether it's your first or your 10th, set a very clear objective. What's my goal with this? My goal is to get a client on the phone. My goal is to get a client to attend my live webinar so that I can then share some value and then maybe offer them something. So set a very specific goal and then understand that process. Just, just, Make that very clear, because otherwise, like I say, you, you end up, where are people going? Make it very clear. Um, and three, as I said before, invest in some education and some mentoring. I would always, always recommend it. It, it. it is a space which, you know, these processes can be quite simple. The tools are there. These are publicly available things that you can go and try out and test. So please go have a play. But don't be surprised if you've never, you know, logged into Facebook and you've jumped on, never looked at, and, and suddenly there's you, you spent ten quid and you've not made a hundred. It, it doesn't work that way. There, there is a bit of a know-how and just understanding. They are simple things, but it needs to be tailored to you and your business. Um, my top tips of what not to do: uh, don't ignore others in your space. So general business principle as much as anything but know your competitors go in have a look at what they're doing so if, if you're a if you're a business you know you're you're a traditional business and you're not online and you're like oh have a look at what, what others are doing and i love this i've got quite a few clients who will say oh i like our website we, we need to update but have a look at this guy's website i really like his website i don't like him but i like his website so <laughs> so model don't copy, model. And these guys are testing. You can you can look at what they're doing, learn from their mistakes. If you're in the if you're in the marketing space and you're actually advertising and you're paying for marketing, paid for Facebook ads, for example, there are spaces like Facebook Ads Library. So you can go and see what other people are doing. So you can go in there and say you're in the bookmaking space. I, I don't know if that's a great example, but ads about bookmaking. Go look it up. See what they're doing. Follow their funnel. You, it's, it's all there. You can check it out. See what emails they're sending. Uh, that would be another a slight side point. Set up a, a, a spam email address so you can receive email marketing so you can then go in and dissect what they're doing. Um, two, don't let your leads go to waste. So this is what we were talking about earlier with your CRMs and your email autoresponders. Do not let these leads go to waste. They are in your world. You've paid for them to be in your world. Give them some value and offer to them you know, always be offering some value to them. Say, you know, hey, do you want to come on a call? Hey, 
always be offering. So don't be, I think in Britain, we've got a, a quite a culture where we're, we're quite scared of, of selling and salespeople, estate agents are the evil, you know, I've, I have a lot of respect for, <laughs> for estate agents on a side point because they, they you know, they, um, but I won't go, that's, that's another podcast, but yes, don't be afraid to sell and um, just always be offering, always follow up. And that's the same for offline as well. If you've, if, if you're the one sitting there with a box of, uh, business cards tucked away from years worth of networking with no follow-up you're you you are the one i'm talking to um and a third final what not to do don't spend big to start off with as i said start small test small scale up um in terms of action points yep yeah. uh in terms of size when you're saying about don't spend a lot because uh it's it's it can be such a big spectrum of where yeah, the yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah you, you need to you need to you need to test you need to test and that, as i say it depends on the platform so you need to test and it, it's it's so I, I wouldn't say like first day one drop 10 grand into into facebook ads i'd rather invest that into a, a mentorship to actually learn how to do it properly it, it's it's just understanding that these are spaces to test but this is the same as with well to be fair it's not the same as in with certain offline marketing you can't test small with leaflets you can't you need to spend a, a decent amount so it that is one of the big beauties of of utilizing these platforms and this is what kind of gets me sometimes when you speak to people they're running an x million turnover company and yet they're scared to spend ten dollars to test out a facebook ad uh, baffles me sometimes but uh, if you think about the small business owners that don't have that money to spend, yes, yeah. they need to start with that. Yeah. So as I said, it'd be if, for example, I'm using Facebook ads as the example, I'd be looking at, you know, 10, $20 a day testing. Now YouTube's a little bit more. You want to be YouTube. You want to be testing about four or 500, a bit more you need to test with other platforms are different. So do, like I say, do have a, have a look at who's marketing in that space. Have a look at how much they're spending. Have a look at all of these spaces because it, it will ultimately, it will be the part where you, you, you need to get that in that kind of feedback back from your, back from your ads. And that could just be impressions. You need some form of feedback to work with. So definitely the other element to consider um, is with, for example, Facebook, you've got something called the Facebook pixel which is essentially Facebook's AI when it's actually trained to an audience. That pixel needs to learn. It's an AI, it will learn and understand your audience. You can boost that by dropping in, you know, 100 emails into the pixel so that it sort of understands 100 contacts. So it goes, find me more people like this. That's essentially what it does. But that needs to be trained. And that's another element of, of, to consider. Some of these platforms won't let you spend that much to start off with. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's that's helpful. Hopefully I haven't rambled too much. Well, I, I think you're sitting the thoughts. You're not giving the answers because um, I, I understand that, obviously, uh, there is no two businesses the same. Yeah. But at least you've gave the number that we can start with 10 to $20 on the Facebook. So mm. that's uh, some sort of the indicator. So um, mm. And that can scale very fast. Do bear that in mind. That can scale fast, but you need to start. Yes, clearly. Yeah, you need to start start small and, 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 and think big, so to speak. And same with any business, to be honest. Cool. Um, the last yeah. section, which I love because it's uh, next step. So what any uh, small business owners could do next Monday. 
to help them in their online marketing? What would be their, mm. their diary? So really simple. Set your goals, research your market. And by research your market, I mean your audience and your competitors. Look what they're doing. Look how they, look how they act online. What do they do? What do they post, share, etc. Three, set up your infrastructure. Jump onto a platform, set your, your lead pages up. You, you essentially will need a, a space to capture leads and opt-in uh, ultimately. If you are doing something like a webinar or, or something along the lines of uh, your kind of uh, your giveaway, your function, whatever it is, um, you, you need to have that covered. So the platform needs to cover that. Um, set up your infrastructure, however that's done. So also include maybe an email autoresponder or a CRM. Um, and start testing these. We, we look to get a funnel up. I mean, a website's a longer thing. A brand site is a longer process. To get a funnel up, I want a few days. Bang, it's up. New creative test, go. Test, go. And it's, it's about moving fast with, with, with those things so you can test. Test and measure. Gotcha. Well, thank you very much for uh, sharing that. To all of our listeners, big thanks for listening. All details will be posted in the description below. In the next episode, I will be interviewing Aid Fleet and we will be talking about the power of listening in sales and why the elephant got the big ears. That's his model. So please make sure to subscribe and share. Please stay safe and look after yourself. This was Top Tips for and by Small Business Owner podcast hosted by me, Edgar Callens, and my co-host, Thomas Torshevsky. Uh, thank you very much and see you and goodbye. Thank you very much.